This is an interview with Empyrean Fire singer Trisha Myers on Sunday, January 10th, 2021 by Nick Burkell. Now, can you please introduce yourself, Trisha? Uh, yes, of course. My name is Trisha Myers. I grew up in Tennessee. I was born in Virginia, but I grew up in Tennessee. And um, I'm in a symphonic black metal band. I have, um, we just released our debut album, Deliverance. And um, here we are. Were you involved in choir lessons when you were in school? And did you ever take any private lessons to become a singer? I love choir. I mean, it was one of my favorite things in school. Um, so I did. I was in choir, and um, I was also in choir in church uh, growing up. And as far as private lessons go, I bought, um, it's like a tutorial, you know, a kind of practice at home, you know, doing different lessons and stuff with different vocal coaches. No one-on-one training. Just out of curiosity, are you much of a bibliophile? And if so, what are some of your favorite things in your personal collection? Yes, I'm so glad you asked that question. It is actually a problem because I do love books and I have a lot of them. So actually, I had a really hard time because I know that you had said three, but I just was having such a hard time because I like books for very different reasons. Um, But the three that I chose, it's a hard copy, and it's titled Metallion, the Slayer Mag Diaries. And it's just, it's stories and pictorials of this old um, handwritten sign, the Slayer Mag Diaries back in the day. And, you know, it just talks about all these old black metal bands, regurgitation, of course, Mayhem's in there. That's actually, I think, the first creator, Volcano. I mean... It's just probably, in my opinion, one of the best books for, you know, historical purposes. If you like books for those reasons, then, you know, a lot of pictures that you don't necessarily get to see are in that book. And it's pretty fucking fantastic. Um, I also I chose one book that's completely outside of the music realm. um, And it's called The Hermetic Museum, Alchemy and Mysticism. And um, this is one of my favorite books. It's a very thick book, and it has lots and lots of different um, pieces of artwork that's in there and explanations of, you know, old school symbols and um, just a lot of really, really cool uh, things are in that book. And I also chose, uh, it's called Entartit Kunz. Um, it is uh, by Dennis Dredd, um, and he is a, an, an artist, and he did, has <laughs> he's done so much artwork and featured so much artwork on so many metal bands. It's absolutely stunning. And so those are the three books that I chose um, to share with you today. But yes, to answer your question, I have a lot of them, and majority of them either are music-related or history you know, history related or witchcraft. <laughs> so there you have it. <laughs> Lots of books on those things. Now, what was it like forming Empyrean Fire? And can you give me a brief history of the band? 
what was it like forming in Perian Fire was exciting. You know, I've been thinking about the theme for many years. And so to finally meet a couple of like-minded individuals who were willing to work with me and put together this album, it was it was very, very exciting. Um, I couldn't have asked for two more amazing musicians. Uh, they're very talented, um, very driven, and, you know, I'm just, we really lucked out with each other for this album. How do you expect, um, like, the songwriting technique or your style to change with uh, your addition of your uh, new drummer, uh, Michael Thompson from Silver Talon? Well, you know, Michael is a brilliant drummer and he has played lots of different styles. So, you know, as far as how will the sound change, who knows? I, you know, that's, that's um, a Michael question. I do know this though, whatever it is that he chooses to do, it will be amazing because he's just a, a very talented drummer. So I'm, I'm really proud and excited that Michael's part of our team. Now, how has your interest in the occult influenced the writing of this album? Well, um, it's a very good question. I don't know that, I mean, I definitely have always naturally been attracted to the darker side of everything, whether it's music, art, books, uh, life in general. Um, but I think that, you know, Growing up in a, a household where religion was pretty dominant, so for me, it was years and years and years of just being in a household where religion was definitely a part of our everyday lifestyle. I never really felt um, compelled to really delve into it. It was never my cup of tea. So I, you know, it's like what kids do. They they want to rebel. They want to do the exact opposite of whatever their parents are, you know, suggesting. And um, so I think that's what drew me to the darker side, how it influenced this album. I guess it's just, I always thought, you know, well, these two poems from Milton, Paradise Lost and Paradise Regained, I think that they're such elegant, beautiful, uh, horrific stories and, you know, I don't know that the occult had much to do with this album, but I think that just my love for books and my love for really beautiful poetry and the way that they were written, I just felt that, you know, it, it would be an amazing topic for an album. Not topic. What would I say? What is that? Um, concept, rather. What is it like when your band writes a song? Is it like a collaborative effort or is it just like one or two of you involved? Mainly myself and Jason will sit down and work on guitar pieces or, you know, I'll come up. I have some lyrics and a melody that's in my head and, you know, I try to hum it to the best of my ability, you know, to Jason so that he can get a good idea of where I'm going with it or, you know, just grabbing the guitar myself and plucking out some notes and going, okay, this is what, I'm kind of hearing, and then, you know, Jason, you know, for this specific album, he programmed the drums and the bass and the guitar um, and mixed and mastered it. So he definitely had a huge, both, you know, him and Brian did mixing and he mastered it. So, yeah, it was pretty, pretty crazy. Um, as far as the songwriting goes, it's mainly myself and Jason. 
Can you tell me the difference with how Corruption came out originally and what was done for the Pacific Northwest Symphonic Invasion remix? Yes. Well, you know, um, our friend Vlad, uh, he, that's, you know, kind of like his, that was his project. And, you know, the three bands on there were all symphonic related. And um, we gave him the bare track so that he could kind of mix it to sound similar to what the other tracks were going to sound like. Cause, you know, when you're, you take a, a um, you know, three separate bands who have their own mixing and, you know, and mastering put on a track, it's going to, it could possibly very well and will sound different from the other tracks. So we just gave him the bare bones so he could mix it um, very similar to the way the other tracks were mixed on that record. In the final battle, I really hear some Fate and King Diamond influence in there. What was it like writing that song? And can you tell me also your favorite Fate and King Diamond songs? Oh, God, that's going to be hard. Um, what was it like writing that specific song? It was, it was a lot of fun, actually, you know, because it was the end of the story. And so, you know, when Jason and I were talking, it was like, okay, this song has to be powerful it has to, you know, be crazy, you know, ebb and flow, of course, because every song builds and releases. But as far as writing it goes, it was so much fun uh, because it was the end of the story as well. You know, so um, it needed to have those elements of like something big and bombastic because war is happening right now and you know it needed to be chaotic because it was going to be chaotic and also it needed an end so you know at the end of it the, the I believe the last vocal is better to uh, serve in hell than or yeah better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven and that basically closed you know that's that's the way it ended and you know so writing that song was a lot of fun, and I cannot wait to perform it live. It's going to be a great deal of fun. But so you said, you said Merciful Fate, favorite song, and King Diamond, favorite song, right? Okay, that's hard, because they, they all have so many amazing tracks, but probably... No presence, and I only say that because every year, no matter what I'm doing, uh, because I'm usually doing my metal show at some point in December, that song always plays because it's just a, an amazing track and it's fun to play at Christmas time. Um, and also, uh, Melissa. So those would be my two favorites, you know, from Merciful Fate and King Diamond. But it's so hard because he's so talented, and I love his, you know, he's such a, uh, he has such a unique singing voice. It's pretty crazy. Now, when it came to the songwriting techniques, what song were you most proud of and why? Probably the final. Um, I just feel like that song is so, uh, it's big. It offers a lot to the audio experience you know it's just you feel at least you know for me when I listen back to that track I feel power I feel 
like, okay, something big is about to happen and, you know, you better be on your fucking toes. And I think that, you know, the key, everything in that track is just, it's solid in my opinion. And I think that it's kind of the way most people feel is, you know, they're like, wow, that's pretty fucking crazy. So I think it would be the final battle just because of everything that it offers. Now, what is your most cherished possession that has to deal with music? Well, um, I have one of the last albums that Ronnie James Dio ever signed, the Heaven and Hell um, Bible Black. And, you know, I'm a, a huge Ronnie James Dio fan. Unfortunately, I feel horrible because I never had the opportunity to see him live, which kind of breaks my heart. But, uh, you know, him as just a musician, a vocalist, he's just very talented. He was very talented and uh, he, you know, worked with a lot of amazing music. So that's probably one of my favorite. And, and I also have a postcard that Lemmy Kilmeister sent me many years ago because um, I was helping promote one of his albums and uh, he, he just sent, thanks, Tricia. And he, he sent me a postcard with uh, his, you know, signature on it. And so those two things are pretty, pretty awesome to, for me. What album from uh, Motorhead were you uh, working? I don't remember, honestly. I think I was working through someone else, but I just remember putting out a whole bunch of stuff because it was a long time ago. Let me see if it's on the postcard. It might be on the postcard. It says, thanks for the hand. It's pretty fucking awesome, though. Yeah, he just on the back of the card, yeah, it just says, thanks for the hand, and it's got, you know, of course, my name and address on it. And then on the front of it, it's got a picture of his tattoo and then his signature on there. So thanks, Tricia. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I did street team stuff for uh, a lot of different labels back in the day. So it's, it's hard for me to remember everything, but you know, those few key things I do remember being really like, Holy shit. I got a postcard from Lemmy. <laughs> yeah. Do you know any cool urban legends or ghost stories from Tennessee? Yes. Um, well, I don't know that it's a ghost story because it's true and it happened. Um, I've got a couple that I'll share with you because they kind of relate to each other. My mom growing up was, she loved to scare people. She was super into Halloween and horror flicks. And, you know, back in those days, my mom would open up our home and decorate it as a, a haunted house. And people would come through and she would, you know, along with her partner and friends would scare the crap out of everybody, which meant she also loved to scare her children, myself included. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you're familiar with the Bell Witch family. They're from Adams, Tennessee. And, um, you know, it's a very interesting story. My mom took myself, my sister, and my cousin out there on Halloween night, and it was dark. And, you know, we were little kids. I didn't know the complete story of the Bell Witch family and the land and stuff like that. But 
I knew I felt scared. And my mom was telling us stuff, you know, while we were driving up, because I think Adams, Tennessee is probably about a 45 minute drive or an hour drive from Clarksville. And so when we got there, I was already scared and it was dark. And my mom's like, okay, I want you kids to stay in the car. And we did. They were going to go. I don't know what they were going to go do. But what they ended up doing is it was pitch black, by the way. There was no, I mean, we had the light from the moon and the stars, but it was very, very dark. They decided to go behind the car and they just crouched down and they stayed there for five or ten minutes. So we thought they were gone. And they gently started moving the car. I mean, I was—I must have been like five or six at this time. I was shitting my pants. I was scared to death. And so were my sister and my cousin. We were just, you know, I think I was probably like six. So Donna, six, seven, eight, nine. Donna would have been nine and my cousin would have been like 12. So, you know, that still sticks out to me to this day that, you know, the Bell Witch story, being there, being scared by my mom, um, which was one of the um, things that I wanted to share with you. And the other part is many, many years after that, probably about five or six years ago, I revisited the Bell Witch family, their land and their tombstones. They have a cave that you can do a tour through. I went into this cave and we were only in there for about 15 minutes. I mean, it was a really quick, they blocked off some of it and they don't allow people to roam the land anymore, which I totally understand. Um, So we went, I, you know, we went down there. The lady was telling us a story. It was very cold down there. And then afterwards, uh, I went back to Clarksville. I drove my mom and I went back home and I, literally was white and I mean I know we get tired all of us get tired but it was a different I was completely white of every bit of energy that I had for like two days I couldn't do I didn't have a cold I didn't have a headache I you know I I didn't have you know any kind of issues other than something completely drained my energy and after that you know I just i I want to stay away from, from Adam, Tennessee and uh, the Bell Witch property, you know, because their story, it's an interesting story. And, you know, a lot of people, when they go down to visit, they try to take stuff from the land, like a piece of rock or a flower. And um, they say, if you do that, that bad luck will come to you. And they have this whole, uh, in the the shop there that they have is a whole wall full of people who sent items back and wrote letters saying, you know, Hey, I'm really sorry for taking this item off of your property. Please have it back. And, um, you know, so I thought that was really interesting. Is it okay to even take pictures on the property or no? Um, I did take some pictures. No, actually, I don't think I did. I think you're right. I think we were allowed to. That's right. Because um, I remember because they also have a, I think it's like a boat ride or something that we were going to do. But you're right. Nope. We were not allowed to take pictures because I have no pictures. And I would have. I love, you know, I like documenting things. So 
I definitely would have documented that and I didn't and wait yeah that's kind of crazy but yeah that's a that's a true story too and it, you know if you're interested I I would definitely say look up Adam Tennessee and the Bellwit. Final words. Thank you all so very much for you know the support uh, for the de- deliverance it's we've had a lot of positive feedback and um, you know if you're interested please check Empyrean Fire out on Bandcamp we're on Facebook Instagram we are very grateful for everyone who takes the time to listen to the record because as you all know it takes a lot of work and um, time to do these things and so we appreciate you taking the time to listen to it and thank you so much nick for the opportunity to to, you know come and talk to you i know that you and i have conversed over facebook for many years but this is the first time we've actually ever spoke i think yeah i mean um it's just always been like head to the grindstone when it comes to just trying to do more interviews or listening to more music or something like that so it's just I'm happy I was finally get able to get an interview with you. Well, I'm grateful for your time and uh, for the support. Um, and that is awesome. This has been an interview with Empyrean Fire singer Trisha Myers on Sunday, January 10th, 2021 by Nick Burkell.